The Bonfires of Social Enterprise with Detroit-based Rami Gingrass of Gingrass Global. We're here at Build Institute in Detroit, Michigan with April Boyle. Uh, she's the founder and ongoing creator of this uh, ideation institute. It helps to develop small businesses for a lot of the local residents. It's giving them an opportunity to learn about entrepreneurial efforts. So welcome, April, to the Bonfires podcast. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. It's nice to be podcasting right from your spot here. This is a new location for you here on Bagley. I know you were part of the Hive uh, location on Woodward. Now you have a little more space here. April, why don't you tell us about Build Institute? Build Institute is an idea activator, small business incubator located now in southwest Detroit. We incubated ourselves inside of Hive, So we launched our first class our eight-week business and project planning class called Build within DeHive in January of 2012. And since that time, we've graduated uh, nearly 460 aspiring and experienced community entrepreneurs. So that the types of folks that we work with are micro-enterprise, passion, lifestyle, small business, merchant, craftsmen, entrepreneurs that are from the community and want to open a business in their neighborhood, employ their neighbors, activate an empty storefront, and redevelop their commercial corridors and to contribute to quality of life in their community. I love the word activator, especially around you. You just have a general presence, first of all. Will you talk about that intentional decision to have that culture in build? We weren't sure when we first started this program, is this something that is needed or necessary? Because there are other kind of small business incubators and entrepreneurship programs in the city of Detroit right now. But we did feel like there was a gap in this type of training. We really are trying to contribute to a culture shift and create a supportive community around educating and empowering people so they can execute on their ideas. The greatest asset this this city has is people with ideas, you know, potentially transformative ideas that can really make a difference in the city. But oftentimes people just don't know where to get started. They have these ideas, they have the the passion, the drive but they just maybe have never been exposed to entrepreneurship or, or, or aren't connected into the typical networks that people uh, or, or the processes that people go through. So we wanted to intentionally make sure that our program was accessible, easy to understand, affordable, and that it did appeal to a wide range and that everyone felt comfortable here. And we did that by um, making sure that we had community partners, making sure that our facilitators and speakers reflected the population of the city of Detroit, that the program was useful, you know, and um, so far so good. I mean, people, we've opened and helped open many successful businesses around the city of Detroit. And we have people in all stages. So we've developed many different supporting programs to give folks an opportunity to test their product and service, get that feedback from their customers, start branding themselves in something called Build Bazaar, which is our rotating marketplace. So giving our Build grads kind of a low barrier entry way to spend $50 to be part of a market to sell their product. 
We have a huge alumni network, like I said, almost 460 graduates. So we do professional development workshops and skill building workshops for them. We want our graduates to stay connected to us, connected to each other. So there's a huge collaboration network that's happening. One of the things that you hear, what does it take to be an entrepreneur? One of the things I hear is a big network growing your network, networking. And it's not just attending events, but it's partnering with people, thinking creatively, you know, using your assets very wisely and, and lean. And that happens sometimes through collaboration, right? You're hitting on one of the things that I talk about all the time, specifically to what some would say under-resourced urban areas is this network, this connectivity. There's an assumed connectivity uh, when you have a network. When you don't have a network, and you and you sort of forget if you've spent any more than five or ten years in business, that probably somebody introduced you to somebody along the way. There was probably a natural network that you were not even aware of that helped you open doors. And most often, if you haven't had exposure to that or haven't had some of the other opportunities, there's these assumptions that they have these networks and they and they really don't. It's one of the things that I love you're coming against, and you're not only inviting them to the table with just their idea, but you're providing all of these ways for them to prove concept of their products, as you just said, but also connect them to the community, inviting the broader Southeast Michigan community to come and learn and view and see them and meet them and make relationships at the end of the day is what I feel happens out of build. I'm amazed that there's 460 graduates from this program over a three-year period that's just astounding and it's fabulous it's exciting it's a real catalyst organization i love that you offer april one of the very elementary uh, doorways to get in so if somebody doesn't have a terminology background with business they've just got this idea and passion that you said they're out hard working probably at something else <laughs> uh, that you're giving them a way to learn in in a non-humiliating way in a very empowering way would you talk about this early invitation to the table? Sure. And, and that's part of, I feel like, some other programs or maybe uh, this word, even entrepreneur, is, can be kind of a, a, a strange word. And I know in the beginning when I was running the BUILD program, I'm like, this word, entrepreneur, does not apply to the folks that we're working with. They just don't identify with that word because that word feels exclusive. It feels um, like it, it is an exclusive club that you have to have some language or some amount of money or some exclusive connection to. We're trying to change the connotation of the word because we haven't been able to find one that, that fits better, although we, we do use small business often in micro enterprise. We don't judge their ideas, right? All ideas can be good or bad depending on market forces and your individual path and luck, right? We give you the tools and the information and, and the safe place to explore that idea, to um, begin to ask better questions, to use the group, the cohort, and I, I don't love that word either, to learn because it's a classroom of 14 other entrepreneurs at different phases of their life, different phases of development in their own business journey. And what you learn from the group, you know, lifelong friendships, I would say, have been formed, even though we've only been doing this for three years. Those connections, the, the different perspectives that you're hearing from the table, 
testing your own assumptions, you know, thinking your idea when it's just in your head and we can talk ourselves into how amazing our idea is, but we're never going to have a successful business if we can't find somebody to buy that idea. So it's important to get feedback, you know, and if you don't have this automatic network in your own home or your own community, this is a great way to get connected into a supportive genuine, organic community. We're all here for the same reason, right? Because we have an idea, because we're passionate about our place, because we want to make a difference. And that's powerful. That really helps people. It helps these ideas come to reality. It gives people confidence. Would you take me through an, an example of somebody who you saw walk in, perhaps a bit timid, Sure. And because uh, I, I know you know everybody's story that has come through here. Yeah, uh, it's getting more difficult now that we've hit the 460 mark. When we were about at 80, I literally knew everyone's name and everyone's business by heart. But sure, we have so many examples of folks that just come in with an idea and um, because of the education of the eight-week program, but then also being able to pop up in the marketplace and or be part of the pilot program or even go to an open city networking event that is free. They've been able to make connections and really market test uh, their products. So for instance, Rosalind Karamoko recently moved back into town uh, because her husband got a job here. And she is, she's an, uh, a fashion buyer and wanted to start her own line and just didn't really know how to get started or what to do. And she took the class and um, started with one idea and then um, really was able to learn a ton from the class and the speakers that came in and also the feedback from uh, the table, the the other uh, participants in the class, and tweaked her, her idea to a more doable idea. So some of the things that we see are these 10-year visions that come into our class. And it's great to have that 10-year vision, but you really have to break it down into something that is doable, something that you can do today, tomorrow, and next week, and then build upon that. So she has uh, created this line brand called Detroit is the New Black. So the first thing she did was start uh, a t-shirt line and she participated in a couple of our markets, the Concert of Colors and Eastern Market, and she would sell out of her t-shirts. So 40, 50 in a few hour period. And that's when she's like, okay, I'm on to something. This has proven to me that I have a brand that people want. So what next? So she went from an idea to taking the class to doing some markets and selling some t-shirts. And now she has a space near the Nanamdi Gallery in um, the Sugar Hill District of Detroit. And she also sells online, so she does e-commerce. Now she has her own boutique. So we, we really do advocate for this kind of slow and small proving out each step of the way that seems to be working with with our graduates. That's a great example, taking a concept and idea right into action with all the doorways that you provide here at Build. April, you and I have talked about some of the other needs for this early concept testing. You provide so many tools, but sometimes you can provide here at Build all the education and connections and skill-based training, but sometimes it just does need some extra capital that they can almost fail with, right? You and I have Mm -hmm. talked about that. Will you expand on that from what you see here with these micro and small business owners coming through? 
I've been inspired by some other models around uh, Michigan and the country. And one of the things that is unique or, or challenging with the city of Detroit is we were a minority, majority, and that's not even the right term anymore, city underserved population that really has so many challenges, subpar school system, terrible public transportation, and just not a lot of opportunity and not a lot of wealth building in their in their families. So where most entrepreneurs get started from that early friends, family and fools, they call them, a lot of our entrepreneurs don't have access to that. There isn't a lot of throwaway or just expendable capital. I mean, literally you're in survival mode much of the time, or there just really just isn't any extra money to, I don't want to say play around with, but to experiment, to try something. There is a gap in the funding ecosystem right now for that kind of easier to access seed funding or, or uh, idea testing, idea activation funds for some of these community entrepreneurs that really don't have the wealth in their family um, for these seed startups. So we do have a micro lending a strong micro lending community here, but it's still it's still difficult to access for many people, I think. We're not even thinking about that amount of money, five to ten thousand dollars. We're talking about two thousand dollars, five hundred to two thousand dollars in order to get some business cards, get a website going, get a an e-commerce platform going, purchasing an iPad so that you can have a point of sale system for your business. Little things like that could make all the difference in the beginning to start market testing, to build that confidence, to get that experience, to fall flat on your face, learn from it and start again. I, as a mother of three boys and and working with entrepreneurs, it it is psychological sometimes or it it does feel like sometimes a parenting. People need to, to learn by doing and sometimes they need to learn by failing. That's an important part of the, the process, and we, we need to be able to support that and to allow that and to encourage that in a way that is healthy and that has ultimately better outcomes. I'm in full agreement. You know, I, whenever I get a chance to do uh, speaking from a stage, I'm always trying to speak into this culture that sometimes the only place we allow failure is at the casino. Right. You know, we sort of celebrate it. And it's like, oh, it's okay there. But if somebody wants to, you know, spend a hundred bucks or 500 bucks, now all of a sudden they've got to have it all together. But to your point, I'm in full agreement. After watching entrepreneurs for 26 years, we know if they've got an opportunity to fail forward quickly, that empowers them. It saves so much trouble later, and they're doing it with far less risk early on. There is this gap. In other parts of the world, they've figured out how to do some of that gap filling. And um, I wanted to talk about it on the podcast here with you because I know you and I are talking about that separately with our companies of how could we start to open up a doorway for that and and how will that work. I want to encourage anyone listening to the podcast, contact us at Gingrass Global. If you are part of a network that could help fill this gap for Build, we want to talk to you about that. For sure. We have plenty of entrepreneurs that we've vetted, that we know they've gone through an eight-week program. They continue to come to professional development and skill-building workshops. They're hungry and very passionate and hardworking folks. 
I'm sitting here and build with April. You've added on a social class. Yep. Will you talk about the difference with me about from the traditional class to the build social class? Sure. So our regular, our build basics class is an eight-week class that talks about all of the important concepts that you need for opening a business, like your legal entity or formation, your personal credit and personal budgeting. Um, we move into the numbers of the business, so startup costs, overhead costs, costs of goods sold, your profit and loss statement, keeping good records, making sure you keep your personal and business separate. What is your unit? So what are you selling? How much does that cost you to make? Pricing as, as not just a numbers concept, but also as a marketing tool. And then marketing, who are you selling to? Uh, Rami uh, mentioned it earlier that this is Ultimately, business is a relationship, you know, between two people. It, that sales transaction is a relationship. Your company has a personality, too. What does it stand for? What are the values? Then we talk about local funders and funding options. And we advocate for the first funder to be your customer. That is a really great source of funding for your business, you know? And you'd be surprised how many people don't think that. They think they need a loan to start their business. And it's like, you don't need a loan necessarily to start your business. If you have enough customers, you might be fine without ever borrowing money. You may need money down the road to expand your business or to fill an order that is bigger than you anticipated. So you always want to have that as an option. But sales, customers, that's number one. And then we do a really beautiful graduation at the end and, and allow people to pitch and practice their pitch. The social entrepreneurship curriculum covers the basics, but then we go deeper into a social need, solving a social need through a for-profit um, business model. So it could be you know, a regular for-profit business that really wants to contribute or solve a problem in some way, or a nonprofit that's trying to create a new revenue stream that supports their social mission. With that class, we go deep into what social mission means, allowing your profits and your social mission to be at the same uh, priority level. What does uh, impact look like? How do you measure that so that you can report on that? And then all of the things that I would say, I guess, regular entrepreneurs need to know, uh, you know, broadening your networks, keeping good records, all of those things matter in a social enterprise as well. It's just a little bit of a different mindset, and I think it's a sector that's growing, especially in a, in a city like Detroit, where there is um, such a need and where traditional ways of solving problems just really aren't, aren't cutting it. So government is not solving our problems. Big business and capitalism is not really solving our problems. So how can we be creative? It's not necessarily money. Right? It's not commerce and business and, and money. It's not. It's creativity. It's solving problems. It's living life on your terms. That's what entrepreneurship is in my book. And that's what we're really trying to foster and support and, and, and contribute to. In my opinion, one of the most successful formulas that we look for in a business owner when we're going to develop them is do they have that creativity? Because it will also help them adapt. And as they observe what's working and what isn't working in their business, they have better adaptability if they have creativity. It's just something we've observed. It reminds me of when I first got in the industry back in 1988. The financial industry was primarily sales-driven, and I was a problem solver, so I felt like a duck out of the water. But it's you're exactly right. Yeah. The Some of the most successful 
business owners today, whether they remain micro or they grow into some other level of size, they are creative. They're paying attention. Mm -hmm. They're observing what's happening, much like you are doing this for Build. How do they reach you? A beautiful website, buildinstitute.org. We also have a very strong social media, so Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Start With Build. And our little tagline is Great Ideas Start With Build. Yeah, as Rami mentioned, we're a uh, bootstrapping entrepreneurial entrepreneur program. So we want to stay small so that we can, small in, in mindset. And when I mean that, I just mean we always want to be thinking creatively. We always want to be thinking um, innovatively. We want to be able to pivot and change as necessary when we're listening to our graduates and see what they need. Uh, are there other programs and and innovative ways that we can support them. We don't want to get so big that we're mired in red tape and you know need to ask eight people before we can make decisions or try things. And I'm trying to distill this, what is an entrepreneur, right? What do they need? Passion, perseverance, the ability to pivot, which I think is, is that whole, the problem solving, and then pleasure. You have to be able to find uh, some pleasure in your life, right? D to be able to balance and have your work have meaning and pleasure. I'm going to start using this 4P. I just made that up now. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Well, we've had a lot of fun as Gingras Global coming in and uh, teaching in your social, build social class. We are in a big geek analytical way holding the role of measuring social impact. I got to tell you, April, I'm amazed at the caliber of folks and the participants. I'm I'm, I don't know why I'm always surprised, but I'm always surprised at the, the talent in your classes. The folks are talented, but we couldn't do this. You know, this is also our community. We couldn't do this without partners like you. So we thank you so much giving your time. You've been listening to the Bonfires of Social Enterprise with Rami Jingrass of Jingrass Global and her guest, April Jones-Boyle of the Build Institute of Detroit, Michigan. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it useful, email this link, bonfiresofsocialenterprise.com, to a friend and help spread the word. Music by Dan Castle and Thomas Rojo. Portions of this podcast have been provided by Rami Jingress and are copywritten 2015 Jingress Global LLC and are disseminated by Flatlands Avenue Productions by exclusive arrangement with Jingress Global LLC.